0: in Naha, Okinawa. Thanks so much for joining, James.
1: Good morning, JJ. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: That's so great. I've been um, looking at all of the great work that you're doing. You're not only teaching karate, um, but you're also running a bar. You're also doing tourism uh, events out in the beautiful Okinawa area. So many things I want to talk about today, so thank you so much for sharing your time and insights
1: You're welcome, it's my pleasure. Uh, Yeah, I'm very lucky to be here in
0: Okinawa Hey, thanks for joining. My name is JJ Walsh, I'm based in Hiroshima, Japan and this is Seeking Sustainability Live, a talk show focused on travel, culture, artisanship and all the things that make our lives worth living in terms of trying to balance the needs of people with the needs of the planet and making a profit how's the weather today
1: <laughs> it's beautiful it's beautiful we we are we're, we're, we're uh, kind of nervously awaiting uh, rainy season right should arrive soon but even then it's still good it's still good right.
0: So tell me about, uh, what's the name, Asato Dojo?
1: Yes, so I'm, I'm here in the Asato Dojo. This is my, my karate dojo. It's in the center of Naha, uh, capital city of Okinawa. And um, yeah, the dojo has been running for about three and a half years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, a dojo is kind of a labor of love. Um, it's um, It's great to have, it's something I always dreamed about having. Um, And it's kind of the center of a lot of uh, basically everything that we do, which is kind of all karate related.
0: Uh, And you started about 10 years ago, is that right?
1: Um, I've been living in Okinawa for about 11 years. And um, uh, in terms of training karate, though, I've been doing it for about 30 years. Um, uh, So, yeah, it's kind of been a a, a lifelong path. Um, But my time in Okinawa has been... Um, yeah, fantastic. So, I've been very happy, very lucky to be here for like say just over a decade.
0: I was listening to an interview and it sounded like uh, you started your experience in Japan at London when you were studying Japanese and then came to Hokkaido and then Osaka. So, you haven't only been in Okinawa, you've actually been around Japan quite a lot. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I kind of worked my way down from northern Japan right down to the south over the years. Um, I was a uh, as a, as a teenager, I, I'm, I was kind of um, captivated by martial arts and the Orient. I'm really interested in Japan and China, and I decided that the best way to go and experience that would be to study Japanese at university. So, became a student in the School of Oriental and African Studies, um, and um, that got me on out to Hokkaido first as an exchange student, and a fantastic half a year in Hokkaido. Uh, And then a couple of years after that, I went to Osaka and I ended up spending two years in Osaka. Um, One year at Kansai University and then another year. um, I just decided to stay. I was getting... This was uh, my first karate black belt. So um, I I stayed and I got my first black belt in karate there in a style called Wado-ryu karate. Um, And then back to London for a few years. um, I'd met a girl from Okinawa along the way and uh, we got married. Um, and so I started to, um, come to Okinawa every year and eventually we decided that the smart thing to do would be to live here. So, uh, that's what we did.
0: That's wonderful. And anybody who has seen Karate, karate Kid, as I should say in American, um, yeah. knows how famous Okinawa is. Uh, was it Karate Kid 3 that they ended up going to Okinawa? And I've seen some of the photos and it looks like where you do some of your seminars and training is at a castle or a castle ruins, which I believe was in the film. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the Karate Kid was, uh, was an amazing, an amazing way for um, people to find out about Okinawa. I think it, it still remains, I think one of the best adverts, but yeah, we, um, we go to locations, um, castle sites, beach sites, um, there are some beautiful, beautiful locations in Okinawa, and it's really nice to get outdoors and train. It's actually kind of even more fun than doing it in the dojo here. So any opportunity we get, we'll go outdoors. Um, and often we do events. Um, over the years, you know, we brought some big groups in and we take them to do special training events in, in, these, in these locations. Okinawa has a lot of um, castle sites, um, has a lot of uh, really interesting historical sites. So uh, yeah, we love to go to these places.
0: That's great. Um, I can't wait to come back to Okinawa. I've only been once or twice over the years. Okay. Um, I haven't been to the main island, Naha. We went to Miyakojima uh, last time, which isn't on the island that you're on. Um, yeah. But I, I really love all the work that you're doing, collaborating with so many local dojos and local teachers. Um, can you introduce some of them that you work with?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Well, uh, my uh, main teacher here is called Arakaki Toshimitsu Sensei and um, uh, uh, that's Arakaki Sensei right there. There you go. Thank you. Um, So um, Arakaki Sensei was one of the first Okinawan teachers that I met when I came to Okinawa. And um, I immediately, um, when I met him, I respected him and I I thought, "What what a great gentleman. And, um, yeah, and he became my my teacher. But on um, Okinawa, there are many, many great teachers, um, really, really wonderful people. And uh, over the years, I've made a point of trying to meet as many as I can. Um, and uh, so there's a real community here. So I'm lucky in that I get to be able to go and visit different teachers and spend time with them. And sometimes, you know, it's actually practicing karate with them. And sometimes it's, it's you know, just learning from them, learning from their life stories learning from their experience. Um, So yeah, it's uh, a pretty pretty, uh, special opportunity um, that I have here in that regard.
0: And that's connected, is it not, to your latest venture, Bujin TV, Bujin TV. (laughs) Um, You're introducing some of the local masters online as well. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right. Um, So Bujin TV is an online um, streaming platform for martial arts content. Very similar to kind of Netflix in the way it looks and the way it works, but all of our content is um, uh, coming from um, teachers essentially, Um, and um, a lot of um, over the years we've done a lot of documentaries, um, seminars, um, other um, events uh, and uh, teaching teaching events with these teachers, Um, and a lot of that video now is on is on BlueJune TV. And also, we've we've also have a lot of content from uh, other instructors and documentary makers around the world as well. So, um, yeah, we're hoping that Bujin TV um, kind of has something for everybody, either people that want to, you know, learn karate online or people that are interested in in learning about the, the, the culture that's around karate or the Okinawan culture, for example, or the wider martial arts culture around the world as well.
0: One of the things um, I heard in a, an interview you did, I think two years ago, was you were talking about taking people on a 12 day journey and spending three days with three different senseis in three different dojos and having some travel inside as well and i was thinking ah this would be great to do (laughs) as well online like have you tried anything like that i mean that sounds like a great adventure
1: yeah yeah well that's the sort of thing that we're thinking about doing this year with the course you know corona all the challenges ongoing with corona everything is going online um we've been doing a lot online for the past year but yeah that event was very very popular um we took a small group as you say around to visit um, four different dojos around the islands, literally went um, to the north, south, east and west, um, and spending, you know, three days intensively with a teacher there, uh, learning martial arts from them, but also spending time, you know, having dinner with them um, and learning, you know, all about their, their history and, and, and their sort of wisdom, really. Um, and uh, yeah, it was fantastic. And what we got to do was to go and stay in different locations around the island and also do other fun things too. You know, like, uh, one day we went out kayaking, river kayaking. Um, we did some different cultural activities. Uh, so yeah, um, this year I'd love to have people come to canal and we can do the same thing, but we might have to take the whole thing online instead. So yeah. maybe in the pipeline.
0: <laughs> and it's not just uh, I know that you accompany the people and you were talking about this in the interview. And I, I know this as a longtime resident in Hiroshima as well. It's not just a translator that you need. You need someone who knows the local area, knows the local teachers and, and can help the visitor engage more. So that is a special skill of being a, a guide uh, to international visitors, for sure. And it's, it's not just linguistic. It's uh, allowing the visitor and the local to really engage like, on a meaningful, real level. And that takes someone who's there and understands both what you're talking about as well as understands the local people. So I, I think that's a real value point in terms of what you can do.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I think you and I have had some very, very similar experiences. I suspect as uh, as uh, uh, foreign foreigners who've come to Japan and found our way, you know, through the culture here. And um, there's kind of this the concept in Japanese of sensei, right, which is someone that is ahead of you on the path, um, and so you can share and benefit from their experience. And so, um, like you say, in the context of kind of bringing guests and new people in to discover. culture that you've already discovered to some extent and you become the the sensei and that you sort of you know you you can guide them down through that that path and that experience and it like you say it's a lot more than just sort of translating the words um it's also being able to understand the context and the culture and help them to connect um with um, what they're seeing what they're hearing as well um so yeah i mean it's great I i love it because in a way you get to relive um and and sort of enjoy again that experience of discovery and learning and um, one of the things that attracts me about martial arts practice is that it's a never-ending study you know the idea is that there is a path and and it and it goes on you know infinitely um and uh you know that's that's i think what keeps us engaged and keeps us excited about what we're doing
0: yeah excellent um, let's talk about one of your recent projects that you did, 100 kata for Kobudo Day Challenge. What was that about?
1: So the 100 kata challenges, so a kata is a form. It's, uh, it's a collection of moves that have been put together in a set sequence, and it's a way to practice martial arts. Um, kata is very prevalent in um, Japanese martial arts and Chinese martial arts. So think of it as sort of a, you know, a short choreographed piece that you do, and the idea with 100 kata is that you repeat that 100 times. So it's sort of a a physical challenge, almost like a little sort of marathon, a karate marathon, Um, um, but also it's a way to connect with um, the history as well, because kata is something that is passed down from generation to generation um, in the transmission of martial arts. Um, In Okinawa, on October the 25th every year, we have Karate Day, which is a day to celebrate. The fact that karate originates from Okinawa and we have all of this great culture and heritage. Uh, My idea was to extend, find a way to extend participation in Karate Day wider than Okinawa, so to try and and spread it around the world. And the 100 kata event was conceived for that purpose. Um, So basically, same day and hopefully same time, people around the world all engage in the same challenge, 100 kata challenge, and then we share that online. Um, And we started this a few years ago. Uh, it's a it's a free participation event, um, and uh, it's become more and more popular. Um, and the 100 kobudo kata. Kobudo is is weapons practice. So you can see on the uh, sorry on this side, you can see um, some weapons on the wall here. So when we talk about karate in Okinawa, we also usually mean training weapons as well, such as the staff, um, sai, the kind of weapons that the you know the teenage mutant ninja turtles use, basically. <laughs> um, so kobudo is, is practicing weapons. So um, we also have a 100 kobudo kata day where we just fac- focus on doing forms for kobudo. Um, so yeah, these events are a great way for people to connect with Okinawa and with you know the community around the world which has the same passion for martial arts
0: practice. Yeah, awesome. I'm showing on screen some of the local senseis that you work with and their... Kobudo, is that right? Their That's weapons right, computer, yeah. that they've got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hi, Mel. Mel says hi from Sydney. Thanks for joining. Hey, hi. Yeah. Do you have any people that you work with in Sydney or in Australia?
1: Lots. Yeah, there are there are lots of Karateka friends in in uh, in Australia. Um, uh, in fact, re- usually, you know. Outside of these Corona times, we would have lots of regular visitors from, from Australia to Okinawa, um, people that would come every year. So it's almost like an extended family. It's really nice. I was hoping to go down and visit Australia um some point, uh, some point soon, but, um, you know, maybe next year.
0: <laughs> now you did another interesting international challenge with kids, like a kids kata challenge, didn't you?
1: Yeah, that's right. We did a, 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 an online uh, competition for the kids. Yeah, a cancer competition. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. You know, the kids, have, have, we've been lucky here in that we've been able to keep our dojo actually open for most of most of the pandemic, but a lot of dojos around the world have been closed for a long time. And that's, you know, and that's been really hard for um, the kids who, you know, we really look forward to going to the dojo and doing that practice there. So, um, We created the online competition as a way for them to participate um, and to have something a goal to work towards motivation um, for their practice Uh, and uh, yeah it was really well received we had uh, participants from um, europe uh, america from uh, australia too and um, yeah it was just great fun it's great to see the kids work hard and do their kata um, and it's nice to be able to give them a little reward you know we send them certificates and, and rewards so um
0: yeah, well done to everybody that's far. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about the international connections because you often uh, invite international senseis to come and teach or now that everything's moved online, you're incorporating some online sessions as well. Uh, I'm showing right now a Zoom session you did with a group in Ireland. Is that right?
1: yeah that's right i'm gonna put my glasses on so i can see that one <laughs> that's right yeah yeah that's this was um uh, we've done a lot of online sessions recently actually this is one that we did uh not too long ago where we're again looking at bojitsu looking at uh, using the staff um, and uh yeah we've we've had really good participation we'll get 50 to 100 150 wow,
0: uh, people great.
1: Participating. i think the biggest one we had so far was maybe three to four hundred people um and uh yeah, it, it's something that it helps us obviously to keep the dojo going because people often will, um, you know, very kindly support us financially for doing this. It helps us also to keep the Okinawan senseis engaged with their students overseas. Um, and um, it's um, do, you, do you have
0: an elephant in your dojo?
1: <laughs> ah, sorry, it was just a door.
0: door open there. <laughs> That's, <laughs> what That's <laughs> the, the, <laughs> one of the wonderful things about live live streaming, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so if someone is interested in your Zoom sessions, where's the the best way for them to get the information? Is that on your website or Facebook page?
1: Yeah, usually it's on our Facebook page. Um, and um. Uh, so on uh, Asato Dojo Facebook page or Dojo Okinawa Facebook page, are the two places where we post it first, um, and then also on the Asato Dojo uh, dot Okinawa website, um, we will sometimes post a schedule there as well. But usually, our Facebook is our most active, um, most a- active space.
0: Great. Um, you also do like fitness classes. As well, it's not just karate that you're doing. You're you're also doing yoga or different kinds of. Is it the bell weights that I saw doing a <laughs> bell weight <laughs> class? So yeah. having that diversity has that helped with different revenue streams. Helped with a bit more support for the dojo.
1: Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, the um, you know. Uh, we have um, different groups that come in and use the dojo. Um, we offer fitness classes, um, one-to-one training. Um, but also, um, like, for example, uh, we have a yoga class in here this morning coming in. So it's nice that the dojo becomes a space for other activities. Um, you know, people that have an interest in well- wellness and uh, generally keeping themselves healthy, um, you know, are gonna be interested, not just in, for example, martial arts training, but also um, strength training, uh, flexibility training uh, and general well-being um so um yeah um the, the the dojo is a space for a lot more than just just karate training
0: i think that's so important um to have like a an active network of a variety of people that you yep. collaborate with on the local and international level and then offering kids classes adult classes fitness classes You know, this is something that it can all incorporate and kind of introduce to a new audience as well. Like karate is not just one tiny, you know, specific vein, but you can do kind of a general knowledge thing and maybe introduce more people to karate and to the concepts and philosophy that way. Do you think so?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, karate is is a lot more than just studying fighting, and um, in fact, Okinawan karate is very much regarded as as a, and is a lifelong study. So it's a way to develop as a, as a yourself as a um, to become a better person. Um, you do that through strengthening your body, but also strengthening your confidence, strengthening your mind, um, uh, and also learning to become more empathetic, learning to. Be more aware of yourself, to, to be more aware of your ego, for example, um, and, and I think to seek uh, more balance. So um, I think though people that are looking for um, you know more than just more than just a physical workout um, find that with traditional karate practice. Of course, it is also a very effective martial art too if you decide to pursue it that way. I mean, my personal journey was that when I was younger. I just wanted to learn how to, how to defend myself um, And um, I just wanted a very, very practical martial art. Um, but over the years, I've come to appreciate many, many more aspects of, and benefits that come from martial arts practice. Uh, and when, then once I came to Okinawa and I began to you know understand the, the actual context, the, the cultural, historical or even geographical context of, of karate and where it comes from. Then it became even it became even more rich so um yeah it's that it, 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 karate is kind of a key that unlocks a lot more than 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 just for example learning how to be good at, at uh, you know physical self-defense
0: yeah for sure it helps you build confidence um it helps you uh feel uh like you could defend yourself so in terms of kids feeling bullied at school or even adults feeling less than confident, I notice it. When I see people who are doing martial arts and they're walking around or doing presentations, there's some kind of inner strength to people that practice the martial arts, I find. Uh, We talked to some teachers who are teaching Aikido in Hiroshima. Um, My kids studied with Brad Weston in Hiroshima. Maybe you know know him.
1: Yeah, I know Brad, yeah.
0: And uh, it was great for my kids. It's great for international students in Japan. It just, it's a great bridge for anyone coming to Japan and feeling disconnected as well.
1: Very much so, yeah, absolutely. Um, Karate for me has been a way to connect with uh, the local community. Um, It's been a way um, to get a deeper understanding of um, Japanese and Okinawan culture. and like you say, um, it does it does help you to keep things in context. So uh, if you know, it's it's a there's a lot of visualization that goes on in, in karate training, in terms of you know, although you're usually training in in a fairly safe environment.
0: Okay, sorry. Yeah, we're back.
1: Are we okay?
0: I think we're back. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So like I say, although karate is kind of paradoxical because when you go into a dojo, you hope to train in a fairly safe and friendly environment, but what you're doing is you're training something that is supposed to help you deal with very uh, you know the very difficult times in life dangerous situations and so it's sort of um karate is almost like a like a metaphor for life right you kind of face difficult um challenging situations and you you're taught strategies and you're given a way to experience a process of dealing with difficult situations and i think that helps to therefore put the rest of your life in context a lot of what we deal with in life is not as bad as it might seem at the time. Um, you know, um, it, it might be stressful, but if you can take a step back from it, then it's actually not something that, that needs to be uh, something in which you are um, you feel out of control with, or um, is 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 truly something that you should worry about. Um, and I think the ability to sort of control your your mental state and to be able to take a step back and put things in context is a very, very important life skill. I certainly found that um, it's benefited me at all.
0: That's awesome. Uh, we have a comment from Salvatore. Greetings from Karateka from Germany. I train in Oshiro Dojo near Frankfurt, and Maine, and I love it. Wonderful. Thanks for joining. Good to see you. Uh, speaking of more international collaborations, was it McKinsey that you did a big uh, session with? Patrick McCarthy, sorry. Uh,
1: Patrick McCarthy, yeah. Yeah, Patrick McCarthy is one of the leading um, international teachers uh, uh, for traditional martial arts. Uh, alive today, he's a prolific author and uh, an amazing teacher. Um, I'm very fortunate that he actually moved to Okinawa recently. He now lives here. And um, so, yeah, we, we've done some collaboration recently. We're going to do a lot more. Uh, this kind of takes me back to, the, to the, that real core concept of Sensei, you know, someone who's ahead of, the path, ahead of you on the path, and you can really benefit from everything they've learned as, you know, in, along that way. And, uh, yeah, I'm learning a huge amount from, from Patrick Sensei. And, uh, yeah, he's an amazing teacher.
0: That's wonderful. Uh, Can you take us on a bit of a virtual travel on some of your karate history tours? Uh, Where do you take people when you take people on those tours?
1: Yeah, well, um, there are. So one of the things that the karate people are very interested in is sort of the roots and the origins of the the art they study. Um, And uh, there's lots of uh, of that still dotted around Okinawa. There are two karate museums in Okinawa, so that we always take people there, that's a great place to start. Um, but then there are lots of sites where, for example, uh, the tombs and monuments to uh, famous karate teachers here, um, locations uh, where karate was taught or events happened, for example. Um, often um, there are stories which go along with, um, you know, the tales of the old karate masters um, and, um, we will take them to see these locations, too. Uh, very often they're connected to the old royal court, uh, the UQ kings and the monarchy. Uh, so Shuri Castle, for example, is uh, a site that we visit very often and provide uh, and give people guided tours around. Um, but, yeah, Okinawa is, is just absolutely full of, of historical sites. It um, One of the things that I've noticed over the past 10 years is that uh, tourism in Okinawa has has really grown. A lot of it is Asian tourism, um, and um, a lot of so people, you know, coming from other wonderful Asian destinations, where you have equally equally great, you know, beaches and things like that. But they're coming here for uh, the culture and the history, and uh, so yeah, uh, it's uh, there's there's, there's, there's a, a, lots of places to go and see. When we when we listed all out, you know, we we come up with you know over a hundred different locations where we'll we'll take people around.
0: Yeah, uh, we have a great question from Mel. Thank you, Mel, and this brings up a point I wanted to talk about later as well. Um, do you have a, a coordination with other styles of martial arts? I noticed that you had karate and sumo as one of your themes. That was so interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. I love, I love to um, um, kind of cross train and learn from different arts. Um, we often have other uh, guest teachers come in and uh, teach here, and uh, yeah. And uh, over the years, I've also taken part in other martial arts like this one. This is Okinawa Sumo, uh, local wrestling tradition. Um, you know, martial arts practice is universal. Um, we kind of uh, artificially split it into into different schools and and styles, but really, we're all kind of aiming for the same goal. We will have the same objective, um, and pretty much very similar ways of getting there too. So. Cross-training across different styles is always hugely rewarding uh, and um, also keeps it really fresh and challenging as well. If you're always doing exactly the same thing, that could become quite stale. Uh, So it's always nice to to collaborate and and sort of compare. Um, And I've I've been able to do that over the years with other teachers and schools here in Okinawa, but also with other locations too, mainland Japan, Taiwan, for example, and then other countries further, further afield as well.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Uh, we have a question from, or a comment from Vera. She says, great talk. I was doing shodinji before yeah. the pandemic hit, and I can't wait to go back to our dojo in Higashi, Hiroshima. So I think a lot of people have had to stop, including at your dojo during the pandemic. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been tricky. We um, Last year, we had uh, two months when we closed the dojo. Um, we went online completely. Uh, fortunately, we've been able to keep going. Other than that, but uh, you know, it, it, it's tricky. Right? right now, we're considering whether we um, should, again, with the, the uptick in, in um, infections here, whether we should close the dojo for a little while too, to be on the safe side. Um, I think that the, the great thing about martial arts practice is that um, you, you know, you don't have to go to a dojo to do it. You can literally practice at home or wherever you are. Um, you know it's something that you can own Um, and um, so you know personally and for my students and for the other people that I connect with all the time um, I'd like to always encourage people to use their martial arts practice as something that gives benefit to them something that is theirs you know it can't be taken away from them even if they can't go out from the house Um, it's still a great way to sort of work the mind work the body and benefit the mind as well. Um, JJ, I'm going to just, we're going to just start a class here. As you can see, I just want okay. to give you yeah. a shot of the video, a <laughs> shot of the, the dojo here, but I'm going to just spin my camera around. Now. Okay. So while I do that, maybe, uh, if you want to just, uh, show something else on screen for a I'm second, for
0: sure. give
1: yep. me a few seconds and I'll be,
0: i Yeah, fine. no worries. Cool. So I'm showing, uh, some pictures from, uh, the Facebook page where they work with a lot of the local senseis, the local masters of karate and different martial arts. And I want James to talk about Gaja Takehiro-sensei, who looks like an amazing teacher and local martial arts specialist. Look at him here in the picture, how he's holding these. Are they heavy bells, James? I want to ask you about this. yes (laughs)
1: yes <laughs> here we go i'm 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 back in the room I should be okay good to- <laughs> there we go yeah let me just adjust a little bit here yeah I there we go yeah so actually you get to enjoy the uh the showdown here on the wall behind me <laughs> um yeah um so, yeah, so you're looking at, at uh, ga- um, Gaja, Takahiro Sensei. Gaja Sensei is amazing. He practices a style called Uechiru, which is, has a reputation of being one of the toughest, strongest styles of karate on Okinawa. And um, he is close to 80 years old um, and just in amazing shape. Um, but he also has the best sense of humor. He smiles and he laughs all the time, but he could literally punch a hole through you if he wanted to. But he's just such a nice man, you know, and uh, that's the that's the thing. I, I, I so many Okinawan senseis are like that. You know, they're incredibly physically uh, impressive, but they are such wonderfully like kind and gentle people. Um, uh, Gajasansei, um, we we've done some seminars together. Uh, actually, we did a lovely event where he was one of the teachers for the um, the twelve day um, intensive course that we did, where we took three days at each location, and. Um, the students that I took to train with him, they just loved him. He had a wonderful time. Um, and um, physically very demanding training, but just smiling all the time because he's smiling all the time, right? So it, it's, it was wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's not really your typical or what I imagine your typical karate sensei would be smiling. I, I remember we studied for a very short time karate in Uita, and the teacher was so strict. Yeah. and even when you know we were in pain they would say just fight through it you know in that mm-hmm. gaman spirit um i yeah. can't imagine a teacher smiling
1: well this is this is the interesting thing is that of course there's the there's a very strong macho culture that's associated with with um karate and um a very strong kind of you know you know the more it hurts the better the more that you are you're being honed into a into a you know, a tougher individual into a weapon type thing. But also there's a lot of a lot of times when 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 um if I'm being very honest, there's a lot of times when um bravado or just this this need to project this sense of being very tough and strong is used to try and let's say fill in some of the gaps. So you know I think the hardest thing to do is to stand in front of people and teach something like karate, but also be um, human as well, right? Also be um, able to connect, but also to, to sort of not to have to worry about being, you know, perfect, the perfect teacher or this image of being super tough, like the toughest guy in the room, right? People often want that, they expect it from a martial arts teacher, but actually the martial arts teachers I respect the most are the ones who are confident enough in themselves to to be themselves and not to have to be, you know, the super tough bad guy at the, at the front of the dojo. Um, so,
0: you know, there are, lots of people have different
1: ideas about about how you should teach karate and how you, the image that you should project around karate. Um, some people will not agree with my views on it, but... Um, like I say, I've been training for 30 years or more. The teachers that I remember the ones that I respect the most are the ones who were, like I say, were confident enough in themselves and their ability
0: and their knowledge
1: to just be very human with people and to have a laugh as well. You know, There are times when you can train very, very hard, but still be enjoying your time with people as well. Yeah,
0: wonderful. I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit about beach training, just to switch mm. gears a little bit. You, you try, uh, different kinds of activities to bring people in yeah. one of the events. It looks like you do maybe not right now during coronavirus, but maybe hopefully you can bring back, uh, sometime cause you're outdoors and you can social distance is this beach training and barbecue party
1: yeah um i was actually at the beach yesterday training um i love to go to the beach and train um right now yeah we're not doing the barbecue parties you know common sense of course uh, prevails but um yeah um there's nothing better than going down to the beach training you know going for a swim and enjoying a barbecue afterwards it's an absolutely amazing day uh we've done it lots of times and i'm looking forward to us being able to do that again you know at some point soon um if um, if anybody's ever coming down to Okinawa and they want to go to the beach and do some training, just call me up because I'm always up for that. In fact, um, we'll be there tomorrow. Um, so it, it's great. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I love that. I grew up in Hawaii. So uh, right. going out into the beach areas, going out into the forest, uh, you know, that's that's the reason to be there. And I imagine Okinawa is very much the same, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I grew up in uh, in the West Country in England, um, which is not a bad place. It's a pretty, it's a very pretty place, um, but um, I, you know, we got beaches there too, and they're very nice. But you know, the beaches knock an hour, are just awesome. You know, and you know, pretty much year round, you can just stroll into the sea and swim, and it's fantastic. So uh, you know, you know, I you know, I want to I want to make the most of that whenever I can.
0: Yeah, that's great. I I love that island culture, too. I grew up in Hawaii, so when I visited Okinawa, I was so happy to see Foremost ice cream, uh, Andagi, which I love. Andagi is an Okinawan donut. It's like a a ball and very dense. I love that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I,
1: almost, I almost reached for the andagi here. And often, I'll have some on my desk.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, my gosh. It's the perfect, They're so the good. Product. And then Okinawa is also famous for the black sugar or the really dark sugar, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, the kurosato, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yes, um, the, the, the cane sugar is uh, is famous uh, a product of Okinawa. Actually, my wife's um, business is a sweet-making store. Uh, so it's traditional sweet makers, and actually, what I, over the years, you know, uh, that I've helped out in store, and and a lot of that is using sugar to make these um, these wonderful traditional sweets, which are served with with tea, with green tea. Um, so yeah, the uh, there's some lovely, uh, the food here is fantastic, um, and there's uh, some some really interesting, unique um, cuisine here as well. So, uh, you know, the champuru I guess you might probably yeah. heard of champuru, right? The champuru food, that basically you know mixing everything up together to get something, um, something even better. Um, so, uh,
0: yeah, it be definitely worth visiting Okinawa just to enjoy the food and the beaches. Yeah. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to hear about this 113 kilometer charity walk that you did.
1: Yeah. So. Um, this was to retrace the path of um, the um, the people that had to escape Naha during the Battle of Okinawa back in the Second World War. So um, the uh, April the 1st 1945, Okinawa was um, attacked by the Allied forces and the Okinawans find themselves in the midst of a, an awful, awful battle between Japanese forces and American forces, and many of the civilians, particularly here in Naha, they had to flee or or die, um, and they walked, they walked north, and uh, yeah, essentially from one end of Okinawa to another is 113, 120 kilometres. So um, my family actually has uh, living relatives who experienced that. In fact, I have a great aunt who was 14 at the time, and she took her five brothers and sisters, and they escaped and they walked all the way to the to the north of the island, um, and um, I think that it's really important that we don't forget that this these very tragic um, periods in history were not that long ago. You know, this was within, within living memory, and so we decided to do the walk as a way to to better understand that. Um, and uh, we set out very very early in the morning, and we walked for the best part of. Um, three days, um, camped along the way, um, and um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really um, important experience. Um, many young people in Okinawa today, of course, although they hear about the history, um, you know, o- over time, I think, uh, the impact of that lessens, of course. And so the idea of the walk was to try to recreate you know some of that journey and some some of the hardship of course it was nothing like you know what it was for them they lost everything everything was destroyed when they came back they not only walked up the island but they had to walk back down again um and in fact often came back to what was still a battlefield and then had to escape again so um yeah the charity walk was our 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 way to sort of reconnect with that
0: That's awesome. And you said it was a fundraiser, uh, the money went to orphans,
1: is that right? Yeah, my my good friend um, Paul, who is a Scottish guy who has actually been here in Okinawa even longer than me, um, he's a school teacher and um, he uh, uh, has, over the years, supported this charity which effectively collects funds for the education of of orphans. And um, yeah, we were able to make a donation there, so that was a really, really nice thing to do.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Let's switch gears again and talk about another of the local senseis that you work with. Um, Let me see. I have so many wonderful, amazing ones. Hokama Tetsuhiro sensei, Yes. you're including in the Bujing TV interviews.
1: That's right. Hokama sensei is an amazing individual. He um, runs one of the karate museums on the island. In fact, he founded the first, the original karate museum. Um, He's uh in his uh, mid 70s now uh has been tra- training karate and his, literally his whole life he was born into um an, uh, an aristocratic family here and learned martial arts initially from his grandfather who was a, a samurai here a bushi um and um and so uh he is also uh a uh, he was a school teacher now retired he's a historian um he is again he's he's always good humored smiling but if he gets hold of you it can be absolute agony he is so skilled at um martial arts um but so uh humble at the same time um so yeah uh, just just an amazing individual um he, he is he is among even among okinawan teachers i think Quite an exceptional individual in terms of the level of his personal ability and skill, but also his knowledge and his research into into um, Okinawa history and, and martial arts history. Here.
0: Oh, awesome! Hmm. It, w- what a special experience for people online as well as people visiting to be able to connect to such legends of martial arts in Okinawa through your your services. That's amazing.
1: Well, uh, you yeah, know, I. I I followed a path here originally where I arrived in Okinawa and I didn't know anybody and I didn't really know anything. I mean, I came to Okinawa because I was fortunate enough to have found, you know, my wife who is from Okinawa. But before before that, I didn't really know much about Okinawa, if I'm honest. I mean, I was interested in martial arts, but I hadn't made the connection. When I came here, I started in this path of, of discovering the place. And um, I'm, I'm sure that you also feel this as someone who's spent a lot of time in Japan, there's a there's a sense, a great sense of I think accumulated gratitude. People are so kind to you, uh, they're so hospitable when you come to Japan um, that I almost feel like, and 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 there's no way that you can you can individually repay everybody the kindness that they show you um, on your path. But what you can do is is, is repay that in kind. I think generally by by trying to assist others in the same way, um, so that's my 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 feeling about it is that you know I love to share um, what I've enjoyed and, and experienced here, and also share the 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 great friendships that I've made here, the people that I've met, um, and um, yeah, that's uh, essentially that's at the core of 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 most of what I do, um, and uh, yeah. It, a lot of that's happening online now, of course, because of um, it's difficult to come to Okinawa. But I'm really looking forward to hopefully end of this year, early next year, when hopefully the gates are opened and people can come back again.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Pablo from L.A. joining and Louise Poppy from New Zealand. Thanks oh. so much for joining, guys. Having yeah. a great talk from Okinawa, talking about martial arts and karate today. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another of the local legends that you work with, um, Minoru Higa.
1: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so Higa Sensei um, is one of the. He's kind of one of the most famous Okinawan teachers alive today. Um, he's a very um, strong individual. He was a powerlifter, as well as a, um, a lifelong um, karate student. And he comes from a family of karateka, so it's 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 in their DNA. Um, and again, he's a lovely, lovely gentleman, kindest, kindest person you'll ever meet. Um, but he could literally uh, punch through a wall. He's, uh, he's in his late 70s now, I think. Um, and uh, he's a great ambassador for, um, for karate. His way of teaching is to, is to exhaust you physically so that you get past kind of trying to be strong and trying to show off, you know, all your physical power. He exhausts all that where you know spends most of the class just completely fatiguing you and then you start to learn because once you've, you you know you're able to drop all the all the the physical power which gets in the way of learning, then you're ready to to learn technique, which is I think a really really interesting approach to it.
0: That's awesome. I love this quote that you shared on the Facebook page that he says, uh, karate is not for a rank glory or for revenge, it is a way of life.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, great wisdom from him there. You know, you talked about island life before, you know, when, I think people that live in an island community, they're very aware of the need to get along with everybody else. It's not like, you know, everybody's perfect and you won't have some disagreements with people from time to time, but, you know, it's like it's like being in the same boat, right? When you're an island, right, you have to find a way to work together, or everybody's going to suffer. And uh, I was told that there's a saying in Okinawa, which is that uh, if you kill somebody, you should dig two graves, because you know it's going to come back on you, right? Um, and uh, so this this idea that uh, in Okinawa is that you karate should not be about you know, um, hurting other people. It should be about protecting society, protecting the peace, you know, um, keeping the peace in society. And um, that's very much an ethos which pervades Okinawa and karate. Now, within that, there are a great range of different personalities and individuals, of course, you know, um, but the general culture and ethos which I love very much is, is that it's better to extend, extend friendship to everybody. Um, and uh, and proceed on that basis you know there's a saying in Okinawa in Okinawan language which is which means once we meet we are family and um, you know it's not the idea that that you know you should just implicitly trust everybody regardless of but it's the idea that, that you you give people the opportunity to act like family to become friends um, I think karate gives you the um, the sort of the ability then to deal with the situation if they decide not to be. <laughs> but generally, if you extend the hand of friendship to people, then they 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 will become friends. Right? So.
0: Wow! Great, I love that. Um, the philosophy of connecting amongst people as humans and having meaningful connections—that it's really powerful. Not only understanding how to live your life, but how to improve the lives of others around you.
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's an interesting paradox. I mean, people look at karate training as something that fosters perhaps the, the more um, violent or competitive tendencies in people. But actually, it, it's the opposite. You know, sustained um, martial arts training tends to make people more empathetic. It tends to make them be able to put themselves into other people's shoes and to understand perhaps the, the, the difficulty, the pain or the hardship that other people experience too um it tends to be a a, an ego suppressant right um which you know ego tends to be the thing that gets in the way of us having good relationships with other people around us yeah and also having happiness accepting happiness uh, as well um so for all those reasons um karate practice I, i think is for me certainly it's um it's a very very rewarding uh
0: thing to do Wonderful. Uh, can you tell us about Mineo Toguchi Sensei?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Mineo Sensei is um, yeah, uh, uh, he's a guest teacher, instructor at my dojo. He comes and teaches once a week. He is a full contact karate champion multiple times in Okinawa. He is a beast of a man. He's bigger than me. He's an Okinawan. He's bigger than me, right? Which is <laughs> exceptionally a bit of a giant when it comes to Okinawan terms. But again, he's a lovely, lovely fella. Um, he, um, um, what, what were we doing the other day? Uh, uh, he, he runs a little restaurant and, um, and, uh, and his karate training, um, but his karate training is something that he's done since he was a child. Uh, his sister also is, is exceptionally good at karate. In fact, she's probably even more skillful than he is. Um, and, uh, but he's also a musician. So um, the other day he was playing, playing the, the Sanchen, um, and uh, often we've done karate events in the past. I mean, he, his karate demonstration is awesome. I mean, he particularly, he's good at breaking things like baseball bats and uh, very big, thick planks of wood and, and things like that, right, with his bare hands. Um, but actually, some, in some ways more impressive is when he pulls out the, uh, the sanchien and starts playing away the background to everybody else in the demonstration. Um, that's really cool. You get the real kind of traditional atmosphere then.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So, do you find uh, quite useful to have a bar as well as a dojo so that you can have off time after practice to let loose and play music and connect on a more personal level?
1: Yeah. Um, the dojo bar uh, opened in 2011. Um, right now, I have to say, it's closed because of the whole corona situation. Uh, but we ran for nine years and uh, the dojo bar was a meeting place it was a place where you um you knew that you would meet other people of a like mind uh and with similar interests uh it was uh, a karate-themed bar and um but um an international bar so actually surprisingly in in naha although it's a uh, quite a you know uh, quite a big tourist destination there are not that many international bars so the dojo bar became a place where a lot of people would come Um, and they would find, you know, you have a beer and a pizza, but also they'd find a lot of local information from myself and from my staff and from the other people there. So it really was a sort of a a touch point for everybody. Um, And a lot of people were very sad when I had to close the doors um, around this time last year. However, um, people love the dojo bar so much that as soon as conditions look favourable, um, I will be looking to open it again. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, it, it's really um, how can I say really fun place, um, and it was something that um, hopefully we can we can bring back again when everybody else can come back here. Oh,
0: good. It's it's really hard. Are you having spiking cases in Okinawa?
1: Yeah, right now we are. Yeah. Um, if I'm honest, I think we're going now into, into probably the, the most difficult time. Um, I'm hoping that we'll get through this, or I'm hoping that vaccinations will get rolled out here fairly soon. Um, I, I'm guessing you're probably will hear it, also hearing that vaccinations start to roll out where you are too. Um, hopefully, that can come as fast as possible. Um, but yeah, the next few months, I think, will be pretty tough. In terms of infections, we will, of course, keep doing a lot more online as as we've been doing, and uh, you know, you make the best of it, right? Um, but um, yeah, I think everybody should should be careful now. This is probably, I think, the most dangerous time that we've had so far, actually.
0: Yeah, it's it's good not to not to rush back into normalcy before we're really ready, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's of course we're desperately desperate to be able to do so, right? I mean. Um, it seems so unfair that we, you know, things have been disrupted for so long, right? You know, why can't we just be back to normal? But I think we just need to, to hold out a little longer, um, just a few more months till we're...
0: It's a little longer, so maybe yeah. next year. But until then, uh, let's talk again about the Bujin TV. Who, yeah, sure. are, who are the masters that you have in this picture? I see you in there, and uh-huh. I see a female. We haven't talked about any female masters yet.
1: Yeah, but her name's uh, Kinjo Mika, and um, she is actually from uh, the Higa Minoru uh, Dojo, the Higa Sensei that we saw earlier. Uh, She's holding the Sai there, um, which is one of the traditional weapons. Um, There there are lots of awesome female martial artists on uh, on Okinawa. Um, What's really interesting is that um, a lot of them also, because it's part of the tradition, um, learn. Um, Okinawan dance as well so there are traditional folk dances Uh, it's not just um, women that do that men men do too but more women tend to learn that too but what's really interesting is that um, um, Okinawan dance and Okinawan martial arts have this really strong kind of crossover in that when you learn the traditional dance moves which are very soft and flowing you're also learning the same moves that you use in Okinawan karate which is also actually quite soft and flowing And um, that's, when you see those two things come together, um, that's just an amazingly beautiful thing to see. Um, And and uh, and Kinjo-san that you see there is actually from one of those dojos where they have that really, really strong tradition. It's sort of, you know, it's beautiful and graceful and powerful and quite subtle all at once. It's a a wonderful thing. There are actually a few very good uh, female instructors on Okinawa too, and, and um, I'm hoping that we can um, bring more of them onto Bujin TV um, over time um, because yeah, they're just they're just um, just amazingly good at, at what they do. Um, in the picture there, as myself, uh, next to me is uh, Christian uh, Romanelli, who is my partner in, in uh, bringing Bujin TV to life. Um, and, uh, but he's uh, interesting, he, he's not in Okinawa. He's actually in South America. And this kind of illustrates how international the kind of karate community or family is. Um, so, um, yeah, we we're very, very interconnected with everybody around the world through this common theme and sort of love for traditional uh, Okinawan martial arts. And uh, it's just an amazing thing. And we talked about the 100 Kata event. That's another way that people connect. Um, the, the international network is is uh, just incredible, really.
0: Do you, and then the other person, so in the middle, punching forward, is he's in South America, is it? And then South America, on yeah. the other side of you?
1: Oh. Um, <laughs> honestly, I can't remember his name right now, which is bad. <laughs> I'm going to sound bad. I, but oh, he, he's sorry. actually... He actually trains with Christian. So he's one of, okay. he's one of Christian's.
0: Um, yeah. Amazing photos. You want to give a shout out to your photographer? I know you collaborate with a lot.
1: Yeah, indeed. So um, Chris Wilson, who I, I recommend to you harshly, you should you should really have him on your show. So Chris Wilson uh, lives here in Okinawa. He's actually up in the north part in Nago, even more beautiful than down here. Um, Chris is also a fellow Brit, and he is an amazing photographer and videographer. Um, and um, I met him not long after I arrived in Okinawa. There's not many Brits on the island, so we sort of found each other. Um, and um, we discovered we had this shared passion in that he was really interested in, in great portraiture, photography, and I was really interested in meeting all these Okinawan sensei, So we said, OK, let's collaborate and we'll go and, 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 and do that. We'll run this project where we go and meet the teachers and um, photograph them and share that. Um, and this becomes part, hopefully, of kind of the history of um, Okinawa Karate. Um, so we've been doing that for about 10 years now. Um, and um, a lot of that content is, uh, in fact, all of that content is on the web. Um, on Facebook, we have a group called um, uh, the Karate Masters Portrait Project, um, where you can see all of the portraits that we've done. We've, and we've, we've photographed over 120 um, teachers in Okinawa now. Um, And then recently we've been also doing video interviews, so uh, Hokama-sensei, as you see there, was one of the first teachers that we interviewed. Um, And those interviews are on Bujin TV and also on YouTube, too. Uh, And what's great about the interviews is that, um, you know, you get to learn more than just karate. You get to learn about, um, you know, the the life story of... um, of, uh, of these people and um, it's fascinating. I, I, you know, a lot of these guys, um, you know, they were born around the time of the Second World War, just after the Second World War, and uh, their, their story is the story of Okinawa, you know, recovering from that, that tragic period and then blossoming into the, the, you know, the island that it is today, uh, and it's, you know, it's a fascinating story.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you so much. We've uh, had so many different topics covered this morning and a great introduction of Okinawa and Okinawan martial arts as such a, a unique place to visit, but also a great philosophical type of karate and martial art to discover. If you're in that area or even while we are at stay at home, definitely a great resource for people to connect with you, James, and connect to Bujing TV and all the great online content you're putting up. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, uh, inviting me to take part today. I've enjoyed it very much. Um, yeah. And um, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm very, very keen um, to do so. Please uh, contact me via haps or facebook or email or or however you can um, and if you're ever coming to okinawa then uh yeah please uh, get in touch and come and visit the dojo um we are happy for uh experienced karateka or absolute beginners to come to the dojo anytime and join us in training and enjoying training um and uh, join our events too
0: well, I, I love everything that you're doing. I love all of your promotion of not only karate, but of the local masters and being the bridge uh, to help people make meaningful connections while they're there and learning karate. So thank you so much, James. You're doing a great job. Keep up the great work.
1: Thank you, JJ. You too. Um, I've uh, Although we've only just met recently, um, I'm admired all of the the work that you've done so far and uh like i say um hopefully you'll you'll get to talk to some other really interesting people people in okinawa too
0: i hope so yeah we've we've only touched on uh travel in okinawa once i believe but definitely want to talk about okinawa more there's so much rich history and heritage there that it's such a unique place wonderful yeah absolutely Well, thank Thank you so much, James. And thank you everybody for joining today. We had some great comments and questions and some awards. Thank you so much, Louise and Mel. You guys are awesome. Uh, Definitely follow James. The best place to find you is maybe Facebook. Is that right, James?
1: Yeah, Facebook is the the easiest way to find me. Um, Just message me um, or uh, send me an email. That's good too.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock, we're talking with Hiko Simon about the latest news from Japan and how it connects to sustainability. So join us again then. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, have a look at inboundambassador.com. You can also sponsor the work that I'm doing on the YouTube channel, Patreon, Buy Me a Coffee, Coffee, or Haps. Have a great day.